Hey, everybody. This is Patrick, the Chief Monkey and founder of Wall Street Oasis. Just wanted to first off say thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Second, wanted to make sure for any of you in the market for financial modeling training, remind you that Wall Street Oasis does have some incredible financial modeling training courses, including Excel modeling, financial statement through, you know, linking up the three statements, DCF, valuation, M&A, LBO, um, even more niche courses like 13-week cash flow, venture capital course, real estate modeling, you name it. Go ahead and check them out at wallstreetoasis.com slash courses. Thanks for the support. Hello and welcome. I'm Patrick Curtis, Chief Monkey of Wall Street Oasis, and this is Monkey to Millions, a show where you get a front row seat as I mentor young students and professionals to try and help them break into their dream jobs. In the first cohort, you'll meet four students, all preparing for intense job interviews while trying to also balance a personal life and schoolwork. The goal of this show is to shine a light on the struggles of trying to break into competitive positions with a non-traditional background and to give you a roadmap for your own success. My hope is that as you get to know these four impressive students, you're inspired to dream big. Remember, these are real people and this is their true story. Let's get to it. In this first session with Victor, we cover a lot. We dive into his backstory, which includes coming to the U.S. as an immigrant from Turkey and knowing no English when he was 21 years old, getting his scholarship canceled to Pomona when the company that was sponsoring him went bankrupt in the great financial crisis, working for two years at three to four dead-end jobs at the time to put food on the table. Eventually, he joined the Navy as a professional linguist with his knowledge of four languages. And even later, after that, he broke into Georgetown as an older non-traditional undergrad and graduated in December 2019 with a 3.7 GPA. Finally, he secured two full-time offers upon graduation, taking a strategy consulting role, only to have it rescinded because of COVID cutbacks in May 2020, right before his start date. I think uh, we could all agree that I think Victor deserves a break. So after reviewing this long and winding path, we spend the rest of the session talking about his goals and taking a closer look at his resume and getting tactical. Listen why I think he needs to reduce the embellishment on his resume, how over-quantification can actually hurt you, and how we're going to approach his candidacy to try and get him into front office IB, investment banking, or at least the top transaction advisory services role at a big four. Enjoy. All right, Victor, welcome to Monkey to Millions. This is your first session with me and probably our first our first kind of uh, mentee that's that's in the second cohort. So welcome. We've had some great success with the first, uh, first cohort, so hopefully we can replicate that here uh, with you. Obviously, your background's a lot different from the kind of first cohort, and I'm excited to see what we can do. Um, I'd love for you just to give a short summary kind of bio. Where are you from? You know, where are you living? What's going on? And kind of what you're looking to get out of this. Um, obviously a job and hopefully, <laughs> but like, you know, in, in terms of like wh- why you kind of even reached out and the whole point of what we're kind of aiming for. Absolutely. So my name is Victor Davis and what I'm originally from is a country called Azerbaijan, but I lived uh, in many different places throughout my life in the U.S. Uh, I lived in California and when I joined U.S. Navy, I went to Virginia. I was in Florida. I was overseas for a little while. Uh, I got admitted to Georgia University in 2016 and I switched from active duty to reserve duty. I graduated uh, January of 2019 
And uh, when I graduated, I uh, had a two job offers waiting for me and uh, COVID hit, hit it hard and hit it badly. So uh, by May, I was told that, you know, those both of those jobs are withdrawn and the jobs were in and one of them in Utah, other one was in California. So I was winning for the Utah because most of my family members live in Utah. Okay, so real quick, yeah. the time, the timeline again. So you said you graduated yeah. in January when? 2019. I think December 20, 2019, December. I'm sorry. Sorry, December. December. Okay, so then, uh, last so year. then yeah, so you graduated and within three, four months, COVID hit. Correct. Um, and so the, the offers were withdrawn. So you're here sitting now a, almost a year later. Yes. Yes. And so tell, tell, so you're in Utah because you have a lot of family there. Um, yes. But you had an offer in California for what, what was it, a consulting firm or the Utah it, it, was it was a hedge fund. Okay. Um, machine learning hedge fund. And I was kind of in between choosing them or the Utah. But since, again, the family was living in Utah, I wanted to do consulting. And it was right out of college. And also I was in the reserve and Utah was a closest place for linguists. So I chose that. So that kind of, uh, you know, impacted my decision. But uh, uh, I had a job up until like uh, April because I still have to do the reserve uh, yearly two days. So I was there. I was kind of feeling I'm going to have about a month or two before I start in early June. And early May, they told me that, well, we have to let go the 15% of the you know, our own um, staff and plus whoever we extended the offer. Got it. So this was pretty, this was in, a, you heard about that in, sorry, May? Yes, early May. Okay. You heard that about in May. And so, and then your, your reserve status, does that pay you partial kind of payment? Yes. Yes, it does. Since I'm a linguist and I speak like a speakers, please take that with a, uh, a grain of salt. I do well function. That's the word I use. Russian, Turkish, French, uh, Ukrainian, and Azerbaijani. So uh, I, they all pay for that. And also it's pretty good partial payment, but I didn't stop there. I started applying to this bunch of uh, staffing companies to kind of work as a contractor. One of them put, placed me in with the Goldman in their uh, credit and risk department. And that's recently, around two that's, and recently. Half months. that's recently that's uh, recently though, right? Or that no, no. I apply right away. Yeah. I, I, I apply right away. I apply like in May and in June, I passed through the interviews with the a team and they told me that I uh, will start you. That's yep, possible. You're breaking up. Sorry. You, months, broke, you broke up a little. early August. Sorry, you broke up a little there, uh, Victor. Tell uh, me, you, yeah, uh, sorry. yeah, your connection was a little weak. Let me shut, make sure it's not my side. I'm shutting things down. <laughs> sorry, but go no, ahead. No yeah, go uh, ahead. So, uh, so I applied in May and early June, I passed the interviews with the team, with the Goldman in Utah. Yeah. Uh, they told me that we'll start you off as soon as possible when the background check is done, which it was done early August. Mm-hmm. So it took a little while, uh, but I started their work in August and I've been there since August. And what so type of work are you doing? So there was not much of a break. What type of work are you doing there? All right, we're doing there. So uh, uh, I'm a contractor with them. I'm basically working for two or three teams. Uh, I do compliance uh, uh, tracking. I work uh, monitor the ratings. I do a lot of onboarding for the hedge fund and PE firms or other manufacturers trying to find the right coverage. Mm-hmm. Um, I basically pretty much a jack of all trade as far as the, the work consists of, but mostly it's a rating control finding out what kind of entity has fallen off from IT, uh, from A minus to A, B plus to B, to kind of let know the coverage team to understand that if the risk uh, of uh, this entity either has gone down or uh, has gone up. Like specific 
positions they're in or whatever like exactly that. exactly okay um so it's like middle office back office type work it sounds True. like yes and it's like a staffing company so is the goal here to try and get into a more front office role because in utah that's gonna be tough right yes yes or strategy so. or strategy consulting but, have you thought about specifically like what you're going after because i think you know well i think there's a couple things number one you have georgetown on your resume with a good gpa right you graduated with a three seven 3.72. Yes. Yeah. So good GPA from a great school um, or great GPA from a great school. You're non-traditional though. You have like your Navy, your Navy, but you're old, you're much older than typical yes. graduates. So tell yes. people why you're so much older. And, and if you don't mind sharing, maybe you don't want to share your age, but we're going to pretend that's, like you're much younger in your applications. That, but <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's fine. That's what I just wanted to add one more thing to that piece of Goldman. I applied to Goldman have this um, bunch of other banks and their companies have this uh, veteran integration program. I think they started early 2010, 2011. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I got applied and got accepted to that program as well. So I have basically this inner access to people who works in Goldman. So I have that much better, I would say, the people who actually works in IBD, merchant banking. So I'm part of that program. I'm working as a contractor. And plus, I'm also the part of that program, which basically takes you as an apprentice, try to prepare you and to kind of, it's a, another funnel and a, another path for people like non-traditional people like me, but mm-hmm. the military officers are enlisted to try to, uh, to kind of- uh, So you're already set them up in the veteran, do you know how many people out of that veteran program actually land a job? What percentage? Uh, so this year is different because of the COVID. Yeah. So uh, apparently it used to be like a close to seven, 80 percent and the rest would not uh, be the uh, they would choose uh, my job because of the uh, location. They wouldn't want to move or they mm-hmm. found something else. So but it's pretty high as far as I uh, was told uh, as of last year. But this year, since uh, the cohort is large because it's uh, over everything over, um, the you know, work from home, the computer or not at the offices we usually what happens you usually get as an internship 10 to 12 weeks work for a team mm-hmm. and then you get an offer to come back as but a, now the know, cohort's huge there's probably like you know 500 mm-hmm. veterans in it or a thousand veterans 100, 135 so the okay, so not that big yeah okay. three thousand people applied as far as i know and you and got they in chose, yes okay that's, that's good what, yeah Okay. So, okay. This gives, this gives me a really good foundation. So, but like the, the offers that they give out of that veteran initiation, are they usually middle office, back office roles? So I was told it depends. So they have never really cleared that, what that means. So I've seen people. But, who but, actually, but have you looked at uh, yes. on LinkedIn and seen what yes. they've come out of? Yeah. Not only LinkedIn. I also have this like a, a inside the business Skype to kind of reach out to people. Most of them work for as a trades and sales. Some of them VIP. Uh, some of them in the back office, some of them credit. So it kind of very much uh, springlet out. Yeah. The one issue was that uh, they're far, the um, rank wise, they outrank me, they're officers. So I don't know if that factor is in. Are they that, like MBAs? Like, do they get their MBA and stuff? Uh, some of them do, some of them they don't. Yeah. So, okay. Well, <laughs> we have a lot to work on. Yes. Yes. We have a lot to do. So, okay. So you graduated, uh, yeah. you, you graduated a year ago. Yes. You have 3.7 GPA from Georgetown. Correct. We have some good things Correct. to work with. Um, things that are going to be a challenge for us, and I don't sugarcoat if you've watched any of this stuff. So a couple things. Um, number one, your location is probably the biggest thing that's yes. going to be really, really hard. It's a little bit easier now because everyone's virtual, so you kind of can network with everybody. Uh, but Utah isn't exactly the center of the hub of um, 
Salt Lake City has some has some banking, you know, and Goldman has their office there, but a lot of it's more middle office, back office. So are you open to relocating? Yes, yes. As long as it's- uh, for, With for your family. Fun. Yes, um, we're kind of working on it. So it's more of a, like I see, looking at the job wise. If it's a front office, I mean, it's usually, uh, I, I think it's a big cities, New York or uh, Los Angeles. I think that's what or, I was told. Or San Francisco, yeah. Or San Francisco, yeah. yeah. So, or Chicago, yeah, so, are you willing to go to or, Chicago? I mean, if I can get like a front office job, yeah. uh, to be honest, I'm more than happy because given the, my age and background being non-traditional, I didn't even touch upon why it took me so long to graduate and all that. So if we want, I can actually Yeah, let's give that. let's give the listeners a little bit of a background of exactly, you know, you were born in Azerbaijan, but yes. tell, tell them, and you've lived in a bunch of different places, but tell people why you're past, you know, I think you're past 30 years old, right? Yes, yes. Tell people why you just graduated undergrad and kind of like what led you to here. So um, the basically, when I immigrated to the country, I was 21, just turned 21, uh, 22. Yeah, 22, just turned 22. And I got accepted college here. It was 2008. Uh, so as you remember, it was a really bad year for uh, pretty much the economy. It was bottoming out. And I lost my scholarship, private scholarship. I was working for uh, some uh, a company, a Turkish, founded by Turkish people, because I lived in Istanbul and I applied to college in uh, from Istanbul and I got accepted. So I was kind of using them as like a, you know, kind of they would uh, finance my education. I would go work back for them uh, after graduation. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, I think Fed had a lot more, uh, a lot of other things in store for me. So they uh, declared bankruptcy. They sold everything and left. And they, so pulled, before so they, they obviously pulled your scholarship. Yeah, everything absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. it took a. What school were What school were you at? I was gonna. I was gonna go to Pomona College in California. Yeah, yeah, yeah but I, yeah, I never got to go. Never started. <laughs> so um, yeah. Um, so basically, you were, you were already here in the U.S. Yeah, I was already U.S. So okay. since I didn't speak the language well, I mean, I didn't speak the language at all. So yeah. I was gonna start a uh, first year what they call prep school. So yeah. they prepare you like a you know. A, English for foreign learners so you can actually start you know learning English basics understanding reading text and stuff like that so that you can start as a second year would be my freshman year Got it. um uh so what I did I basically uh took their program whatever they're trying to teach and I tried to teach myself mm -hmm. and while working a bunch of different jobs from I, oh, oh my god I did probably like close to 40 different jobs why from, not go back to Tur why not go back to Turkey just the moment? I to be honest I was like a bit more stubborn so I was like, I did not want to take that defeat. Nothing will stand in my way. I'll Were you married? Something. Were you married? Uh, no, no, no. I married in California. I met yeah. my wife two, three years later, uh, you know, okay. after that what happened. So uh, a funny story. I met her actually at the mall that I was working. And, you know, <laughs> while after I was just taking everything in, trying to figure out why it didn't work out. So, so you're, um, you're 22 years old. You're in the U.S. in yes. California somewhere? California, yes. Where in California? Uh, I worked in Pomona, California, but yeah. I, it was a, a mall and dif because of different jobs. I travel up and down the California from north okay. to south, the west to east. I worked in a bunch of different places, but the location was mostly Pomona, but I worked in Los Angeles as well. So tell me a little bit about kind of how things progressed there and then when you decided to kind of go to college. So uh, the one word we described kind of sucked <laughs> because I had the, to the kind of... The what sucked? The what sucked? The life the, during those two years because... Yeah. I had to work like a, sometimes three to four jobs to just make the ends meet because yeah. there were not enough hours to go. Construction, uh, I did busing, I did, uh, uh, um, I worked uh, as a um, 
the drive-through uh, uh, inspection guy, the safety guy around the gated houses. So a bunch of different jobs. And also that the restaurant, uh, this is where uh, I met some recruiters. They found that I speak these different languages and they told me that, hey, why don't you go ahead and you know take this ASVAB um, uh, and see what happens. You know, if you want to go to college, this is what you want to do. The Navy is going to pay for it. And to be honest, that was just my first, and I kind of brushed it off because I didn't think that I would score well, knowing that my English not that good. Mm-hmm. But I took, I sit down and took the test. ASVAB is like SAT yeah. for the college in it. Yeah, so, yeah. so I they're got, trying to get a, a sense of your English uh, ability versus, you know, and then all your other languages as well. Are they testing true. you in, in Turkish and everything? Uh, they test for the ASVAB to see the how capable I am, not yeah. just okay. English. Oh, it's just like more like an IQ slash SAT. SAT. Yes, yeah. exactly. Okay. Yes. And so you so did I okay. Scored, I did 94 out of 97. I was in the wow. 99 percentile. Yes. So they're like, yeah, do you want to be a nuke? Uh, and I said, no, I don't want to be an engineer or anything. I always had this, like, uh, in a, um, I would say, uh, inclination for languages and cultures because of the places that I lived. Yeah. So they said, okay, why don't you go take this Russian, Turkish, and all the languages, you know, see what you at. And I did Russian, and it turned out that they needed a Russian linguist. But since I wasn't a citizen yet, yeah. so I had to wait for my clearance and everything. So I ended up going to ship in Virginia, and every day I'm trying to make the story as short as possible. Yeah, yeah. You're, usually, you're supposed to be on a ship for 24 months. Yeah. But since I, I got there and I started working on my, all my qualifications, and I finished them, every single one of them that is required you to do for 24 months, I did it like uh, within four months. I finished wow. everything. Wow. Yeah, I was the only seaman with E3 walking around with all the qualifications, and that kind of caught the captains, which is commanding officers, uh, uh, you know, um, uh, attention. Caught his attention, yeah. Yes, caught his attention, and he wrote a letter of recommendation for me. And within seven months, I got the, uh, you know, language assignment to Monterey, California, beautiful Monterey, California. And you got a citizenship at what point? Uh, yes, yes, uh, within three months. Yeah, oh, that's that amazing. Yeah. So yes. they're like, hey, we need this. He's amazing. We can get use him as a linguist in the yes. Navy. Yes. Perfect. So it's a lot of translation type work? Yes, translation and transcription. Yes. Perfect. Okay. So really interesting background. So you kind of started there. That was when you were what, 23 or 24 at that point? 24. 24. Oh my gosh. Okay. So yes. two years of pain yes. to yes. get there. And then so yes. you get to Monterey. What was that like? Monterey was awesome. I enjoyed diving. I enjoyed surfing. It was yeah. beautiful. I enjoyed it. It was 70 degrees all year round. It was just fun. And that's when you but met? That's when you met your wife? My, my, I already met my wife a year ago in Pomona. So, okay. yeah, I, yeah. so, so we were already there, you know, yeah. relationship-wise. But uh, once I graduated, I took my family with me. I got stationed in Maryland and I work for the, the agencies, a bunch of, uh, you know, the, um, uh, so, it, and also translate stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, there, I kind of uh, always this like a burning desire that I never got to graduate school in the U.S. Now that I know how to write, read, and, and I have all these qualifications, a friend of mine, he told me we were working across the street. He's like, Georgetown graduate. He's like, you should apply. I'm going to write your letter of recommendation. I'm like, yeah, but no one is going to take me. I'm kind of, you know, my age is kind of progressed. It's like, hey, it doesn't matter. People go to college 40, just go straight apply. And my wife really supported me a lot on that too. Yeah. So I applied. And I went to Germany. I came back and there is this email saying that, uh, congratulations, you have been admitted to Georgetown School of Foreign Service, which is a flagship school for Uh Georgetown. And it's pretty good school. So um, you get to choose your major and everything. 
I really did not believe that it was me. I thought it was like, a, you know, uh, Ashton Kutcher would come out to your punk kind of thing. <laughs> so I drove, <laughs> I, I, I really, I'm not kidding. I drove DC, which is about an hour, hour and a half uh, drive. So I went there and I went to the admission office. I'm like, look, I'm really happy, but I want to make sure that you guys got the right guy. So they checked my social security name and everything. Like, yes, you're being admitted into the school. And I was so happy. I gave the, that mission lady hug and I'm like, I'm so sorry. I don't mean anything. It's just, I'm so happy. So I went back and I start like, uh, you know, the transition, I switched from reserve active to reserve and here I am the rest of the story. And so then you, you, you took how long to graduate from Georgetown? Three years and it was seven semesters because there were yep. so many yeah, work needed to be done. And I took like five, six classes at a time to make sure that I can finish. Did you work on the side at all? while you were taking school? I, I was a reservist. And Reserve. plus okay, I did so some yeah. Kind of, yes. Yeah. I tutored people. I did some kind of yeah. extra work just to kind of you know, keep the cash coming. Yeah. And so that was, so after Georgetown, then you moved to, you had, like you said, you just graduated. So now that brings up to present moment. And so it's been a year, a tough year um, yes. in the sense of a lot of, well, a lot of tough year for everybody. So we're here, you kind of had the consulting role already lined up, um, got pulled. You never really had a front office finance role. Did you ever apply while you were at Georgetown to on-campus recruiting for investment banking or any of those roles? So I think we've, we've exchanged emails. I don't blame you if you don't remember because there are a bunch of people emailing you. So I was really confused what to do. I wanted to choose my career well. So I wanted to try everything. So first year I got to this Isar Capital. They were doing the front office, middle market, uh, the PE firms. Mm -hmm. So I worked with them and it was internship, but unpaid. So I can learn as much as I can put that on my resume. So to these two guys, the partners, the small time partners, they were a Morgan Stanley alums. Mm-hmm. And they told me that. Well, what were they doing? You said it's a, it's a, it works with private equity firm. What do you mean by works with private equity? It was a private equity yes. fund or it was a. They were, uh, they were middle market managers. They were their own firms. They would go try to buy firms and the sell firms. It, 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 okay. Middle, so middle it was market. an, it was, they it was an actual actually, fund. Do you know how much they had under management? Yes. How much? Please don't quote on that. It's been four years, but no, I think fine. if I believe it was a close to 20, $25 billion. If I remember correctly, twenty-five million uh, or billion? It's got to be billion, billion, billion. Really? Yeah. If my memory serves me correctly, because that would be a mega fund. I've never heard of. I don't think I've heard of. Let me look. Then if it's then if it's not, then it's correct. Which is what I want. No, you might be right. Let me look. Maybe capital. Team, what we do? I remember twenty-five. Maybe. Yeah, no, you're right. We have closed over eighteen. Well, they've closed over eighteen billion of transactions, but middle market. Um, but are they advisors or are they, are they a buy side? Let me see what we do. Strategic advisory, Advisor. joint ventures, corporate finance, capital raising, and multilateral. So it's more like a, it's more like a sell side. So they're doing advisory, M&A, Correct. stuff like that. They're not an actual Correct. private equity fund, but they probably work with their private equity funds, hire them to help with the advisory. Yeah. Yeah. Then you're so right. You can yes. think of it as like, you can think of it as like a banking, a middle market banking shop. Yes. Yes. Okay. So those two part, the partners, uh, they worked for one of them. Definitely. I know worked yeah. for the Morgan Stanley who was a, uh, alum for 25 years. And yeah. when I heard my GPA at back then, I was already 4.0. And my background story is like, a, why don't you go apply? And it'll help you to kind of, you know, set up if you want to do a career in finance, this is what you need to apply. I applied uh, Morgan Stanley. I got a, a job. Again, it was investment banking, but at middle office mm-hmm. in uh, Baltimore. 
so I got trained. I did work there. And again, this was my uh, uh, sophomore year in terms of like university. I'm not no sophomore, but because of the you know education, how they follows because of the classes. And yeah, everything. it looked like you were on the path to getting an investment banking job. So what happened? I got a feedback telling me that if you want to speak well in front of the you know clients to have this you know you have this face to face uh, you know interaction, you need to improve how well you present, how well you actually you know put pull through all the data. So why don't you look into uh, um, um, consulting? Which is where why I started I, again. It was very unfocused because of okay. my. Who gave you that advice? Uh, advisor at Georgetown, and oh, I don't want to throw them under the bus. But this is basically what kind of strayed me from my focus. I was I would have focused. You had two on investment banking internships yes. on your resume yeah. as a freshman oh, yeah. and a sophomore. You could have probably had a full time offer at a front office investment bank, even middle market, yeah. whatever. Coming out of if you had been focused that's really frustrating yeah see this is yes. the problem when people get the wrong listen to the wrong people that don't work in the industry but anyways okay yeah. so you're here so you got the job you did get a consulting offer you had a good gpa so i, I see it so I, I think we should just get tactical at this point people understand where you're coming from you know we've spent a good 20 plus minutes going over your story and stuff i kind of want to just dive in because i think there's a lot of places so are you okay so i don't know if we're gonna be able to get you into investment banking because you are so non-traditional and whatever, but I think we- I'm sorry, yeah, can you- Yeah, you're cutting yeah, in and out. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say, I think, I don't know if you want want it or be open to it, but would you want to work in a front office investment banking role? Yes, of course, absolutely. And that would be like a glory of my career coming from back and starting it again. I understand age, but there is literally nothing I can do about that. It's not that I- you Yeah, know, yeah, the, and so- but like, so. So I think we can try for that. I think we should go yeah. for that, but I think there should be some smart contingency planning along mm -hmm. the way. I think of we, course. Should, we should go for that, but there should be also a smart kind of um, a smart angle where we're going for transaction advisory services as well at the big four, because the big four, it's a feeder straight into banking. So like if you get a good job from a big four, you get that stamp of approval, you're working in the right industry that's giving you the valuation skills. It's just another thing um, on your resume that's that's saying I have the skills for banking. I had the internships in banking in undergrad. Like, you know, COVID threw threw me off, and I, yeah, I'm a little bit non-traditional. Um, but here's the thing: people are going to you look pretty young. People are going to see your graduation year and make a judgment in their mind on your age. So I wouldn't even give them the whole big story of like I'm 30 plus. Like it's totally it just it just messes it just messes things up because. Hmm. Yeah. May I add something there? May I yes. add something? There? I'm working inside the Goldman with the recruiters. I'm yeah. reaching out to them with the job ideas and everything. What they told me, I already shared with them that uh, you very graciously took me as a mentee. They told me just prepare for the interviews. We'll set you up the interview. Okay. So that's what they told me. For, for Inc. Yeah, Goldman. Yes. Okay. Well, we have, so a lot of, we have a lot of work to do. So but I, I don't want to just put all, Paul, put all the eggs in the Goldman basket. Of um, course. I think it's great that you're in there and you have the networking and we're going to talk about that, but you have to be able to, first off, we have to hit your resume hard because I think there's a lot of things we can improve so that you look better in the eyes of those front office bankers. Absolutely. Um, so like, I want to start there because before you start going crazy with the networking, we want to make sure your documents, your LinkedIn and your resume, the two kind of found two of the main foundations are like super tight and looking great. And so they're like, wow, why this kid looks like a 
shoe in for blah, blah, blah. So, um, so let's dive in. I'm going to share my screen. Do you have uh, something to take notes? Yeah, I'm, I'm taking notes right here. Perfect. Okay. So yeah. I'm going to share my screen. Sorry about all the tabs, but um, no worries. I'm just going to start from the top and just go down. Okay. Okay. Of course. Um, so have you seen the WSO uh, template for resumes? I have not. I was told that I'm going to get an access and I didn't want to bug you before yeah. our meeting. Um, I'll get you access to that. Bug me. Definitely ping me after. Okay. Don't, don't worry about bugging me. To make sure we get you access to that, I want to get you access to all the financial modeling courses. Okay, um, perfect. And then the interview courses. So yes, we want to get you prepared for interviews that Goldman may give you. Do you have an idea of timing of when they may give you? It's December 2nd so right now. Do you have a- They told me a start up on January. And okay, so you have a February, month. Do you have at least a month? Two months. By early February, yeah. Okay, awesome. Okay, so okay. we have we have a good amount of time to make a lot of damage. So um, okay, so I love that. Yeah, yeah. So it's okay. It's not. It would be three months would be nicer to to do work, but I think we can get you to a place where. So I'm not even going to tell you to do the financial modeling courses, any of that stuff. What I'm going to do, we're going to tighten your resume because that's like two three days of work, of like back and forth with me and you. That's fast because then we can use that to just do a networking outside of Goldman too. Um, we're going to tighten your LinkedIn. Okay. Then we're going to okay. hit technical interviews hard uh, using the IB interview course from, from WSO. So we want to make sure all your technicals are down. Do you Have you studied for IB interviews before? I have not. I mean, I did go over, but they never asked because of my veteran. They just asked about the behavior on their level. You got the job. Yeah, okay. So we're so going we're gonna gonna to actually make sure that your uh, two things, that your technical skills are down. Um, we're going to then gradually we're going to add to your resume some financial modeling training that we're putting through you through WSO. We're not going to oversell it though yet because I don't want to be like 50 hours of self-study unless you have the time to actually do it because I don't want I you will to- do it. Okay. I will wake up four, four in the morning and I will add it. <laughs> okay. I, I, I mean that. I don't, I don't please. The work-wise, do not like hesitate. Uh, uh, okay. So, okay. So first thing, let's just get this resume cleaned up. So, um, okay. So the goal, if you're trying to get a front office investment banking job, what do we want? the resume to scream. We want the resume to scream finance skills, financial modeling skills, okay? Here, when I glance at this, I'm seeing a lot of market analysis research. Like just, just stepping back and looking at it, I see leadership research, cool, uh, Navy, awesome, but I don't see so much uh, hard skills. And sure. so, um, which is fair, you don't really have it. So I think what we wanna do is, first off, uh, I'll get you the template. There's some things in here that are just a little bit, there's number one, the bullets are too long. So they need to be punchier, shorter. Um, number two, some of the spacing is off, like the, the line spacing between two different rows is different. Your name is way too small at the top. Um, the, the other font is not bad. Um, this is also two pages, which is a big no-no. We always keep it on one page. Okay. So yeah. that's, that's going to be, um, but that, that shouldn't be too hard. I think we're going to, we'll probably want to reduce the experience from the Navy since it's now almost four years in the past. I think there's some great stuff. So we'll just keep the, the most impressive things. One thing you did really well throughout your resume is you quantified. Okay. Awesome. So you did a great job with that. I love that. Um, but anywhere where you did the more stuff, projects at those at, at uh, Altman at Morgan Stanley um, that was a little bit more like DCF valuation and we could get more keywords like that 
DCF valuation um, financial modeling. And if you don't have it here, um, we could do something under education okay. um, where it's a separate thing and you can say financial modeling training, um, you know, whatever, Wall Street Oasis, and you can list all the courses. So Excel modeling, uh, and you could say self-study over 100 hours of Excel modeling, financial modeling, tra uh, financial, mo financial statement modeling, DCF modeling, uh, LBO modeling and M&A modeling. So you have like those six foundational things and you can have like PowerPoint. Uh, we don't have the PowerPoint course released yet, but you can have the PowerPoint uh, for finance course there listed as well on accounting. So that way, like those keywords are there. So it just helps your resume. Like at least somebody doing a keyword search, your resume is like in some sort of database. They do a keyword search for like financial modeling or like PowerPoint skills, like your, your resume will pop up. Because your GPA and your school are so good, you're going to get... You're going to get through a lot of the initial screens. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, quick question. Yeah. Uh, just quick question. So um, I was told by the uh, uh, the recruiter at Goldman. She works and she told me that to put my uh, contracting job, which I start August, to make it the Goldman because I still work for Goldman even though I never, you know. I, I pay, would. Pay yeah. I mean, I would. The, but it's up to you. I, I would. Yeah. One of the things I was going to say is the big problem is the big gap. August 2019 to now, it looks bad. It looks like you've just been unemployed since. A year and a half. Oh, but uh, what about education? Because I started 2019 to December. I was at school. Uh, to December. Oh, yeah, no, that's true. That's true. You graduated then, but even since December, it's been a year. I see. You do not want to have a huge gap. A gap on the resume is just red flag, red flag, red flag. I see. Right? So you want yeah. to show that you've been doing something. And like, even with the even under the education, that's where the education can help. And that's where our, the, the, the courses that we're going to give you can help because you can say that you started that. You don't have to say you started December, 2020. You say like, uh, you know, whatever, we'll just say like February, 2020 through present, you're still studying it. And if you just ramp up and you do a hundred hours across those, the courses themselves should take you 50 to 60 hours. If you're a little bit rusty and you're not good in Excel, maybe a little longer to get good without the mouse. I took, I took an Excel course on uh, Coursera okay. from beginning to advanced, a bunch of them. So I think I should be fine. I'm not saying I'm expert, but I'm, I've been but at Yeah, take the probably. WSO one because it's more geared towards finance and it's going to really Perfect. train you I'm, and, and it's going to hammer It's going to hammer the stuff of, of not using your mouse and drilling the quick keys, which is awesome. like critical, critical. Definitely. It's not just about, oh, there's this special way to sort data. It's, there's a special way to sort data and hear how it, how it would apply to the job. In, in this context. Awesome. Um, Definitely. So do that. And it's just a good way to refresh and make, keep your Excel skills sharp. And we have, we have benchmarks and all that stuff. So to make sure you're like fast enough, you'll know, Hey, if I can't do this in five minutes, I'm not good enough. Or if I can't do this in two minutes, I'm not good enough. And so you just drill and keep doing it over and over again till like, you're not okay. even reaching for the mouse, this little motion. If you find your hand going like this, it means you're not, <laughs> it means you haven't learned it. If you're actually going click, 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 even if you're slow, really slow at the beginning, going alt E S T paste special paste value paste. That's fine. But just keep doing it that way because you like, it's like learning an instrument. Um, so you have that instrument under your belt. You'll feel a lot more confident too. Um, you're going to get the accounting background. You're going to get the financial statement modeling back and you're going to, and then the investment making interview course, we're going to spend a lot of time on that. So um, oh. I'm going to, I'm going to, put you through a mock interview. <laughs> um, please, please do. Ideally as early as next, ideally as early as next, um, as early as next session. 
Awesome. So quick question. Now, would you please, after maybe this, like I'll ping you, and if you can kind of give me that, which one to focus first, Excel or where to start, and yeah. hour that you would recommend, that would be awesome. So I can structure all my schedule around those. Yep. Yeah. So um, let's do this now. So first thing is resume. So let's let's okay. uh, clean up your resume. I want it in the in the WSO format. I'll send that to you. So your bigger name, only one page, uh, Get add to the education section, the stuff about financial modeling training that we're going to be giving you. Um, and just put it in there for now and say something along the lines of like um, over 100 hours of self-study in Excel modeling, financial statement modeling, DCF modeling. And we'll, we'll, we'll have that. And you can send me a draft. So uh, when you have it, um, send me a draft and I'll, I'll review it. Um, and then the other stuff, reduce Navy um, so that it's less. So let's just go bullet by bullet. And I'll tell you kind of where I feel like it's stronger. So um, Altman Research and Analysis helped develop so uh, help develop, not developed. Okay. Yep, help develop. So there's a grammar typo in your first line of your resume. Yes. <laughs> okay. So help develop uh, and launch an extensive survey to better reach target audiences in the sports industry. So you, you create, you, you launched a survey. Yes. You know? And build a model, viewership model, but yeah. What does that mean? Build a viewership so, model. But basically we use the, based on the survey, we program that into uh, the, the proprietary uh, program that we're using and trying to figure what's the out, program? What's the program? Called? Um, I, 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 uh, may I get back to you on that? It's been a year. I think uh, it, it was not a survey monkey. It was a sort of, sur- it, it, it's like an Excel kind of program, but what it does, it gives you a bunch of uh, uh, information, who's watching what and when age group and uh, what is preferred, where do they watch? It was basically uh, for the firm to kind of partners take that and go sell the you know the service to this NBA you know NFL uh, MLB and stuff like that. Yeah. So I don't know. It sounds like you okay. just created a. It sounds like you just created a survey, which isn't very impressive. Okay. I think the pricing strategy might be more interesting. Okay. Um, cool. The one thing you said: pricing strategy, advise leading educational organization to optimize pricing. So it, it sounds like it's a little bit like you're trying to use big words or um, make it sound more fancy than it was, which is fine to do, but you gotta be a little bit careful with this that you don't go overboard. So like when I read advise leading educational organization to optimize pricing strategy for reporting data exchange verification research services by studying target market, by building pricing and product simulation model resulting in 10% improved analytical capabilities of the client? How do you measure a 10% improved analytical capability? So I took this from the guy who asked see me. It was an Sorry, you broke up. You took, sorry, you broke basically, up. You, they, sorry, you you, us, Victor, uh, Victor, you broke up. You broke up. Sorry, you took uh, this from the what? Yeah. Uh, uh, from a person who was a working for analyst, and it was also my mentor in this uh, study. In what do you this, mean you, um, you took it? What do, what do you mean by you took it over? Sorry, what do you mean so, by you took uh, it over? Uh, what I mean by that, I, what I mean, I ran that by to kind of, uh, to add this to my resume, what we did and how should I go about, uh, you know, a kind of putting this on my resume and a 10% improvement analytical capabilities. Basically, they gave us a database. It was all mixed uh, information and it was not uh, intelligible of anything. So I put that 10% as more of a, on the conservative side that helped to streamline their uh, um, information repository. It it improved analytical 10%. What does that specifically mean? Does that mean it saved them 10% time in in doing stuff? 10% time and efficiency. 
Oh, well, th- then we need to say that. Say, is it 10% better pricing? Okay. Oh, no, no, no. 10% efficiency at saving time and efficiency, being efficient. So that's, different from analytical, kind of that's, that's different from analytical capabilities. Were they more accurate? Oh, I see. 10% more accurate? Were they 10%? Yeah. So you, I think it's very important to be specific. You know, when you say 10% improved analytical capabilities, it just sounds like BS because it is BS. So like, you know, and like anybody's going to, if they're a, a jerk, like I'm being a jerk right now, no, no, they're no, going no, to throw you under the water to be like, what the hell does that mean, man? Yeah. You know, or they're just not even going to ask you and they're just going to roll their eyes. Um, yeah. Your first line on pricing strategy has a higher line height than the, the other two lines. So it looks really weird. It's like a paragraph. Number one, it's way too long. It's like a, you want like literally one line there or two okay. lines, one to two lines. It should never go, it can occasionally go to three, but I prefer to just have it two lines for each bullet max. Um, so advise leading educational organization to optimize pricing, optimize pricing strategy for reporting data exchange verification research. Like, do we need all that? Uh, no. Optimize pricing not. strategy um, by studying target market um, for client, you know, and building pricing and product simulation model. Using what? What program? Excel. I'll get back. Yeah, most we did use Excel a lot. There was a like a proprietary program that they used. It's a simulation program. That's that might be interesting. So it just makes it more yeah. tangible, right? That you actually I did see. it. Um, I see. Resulted in, you know, ten percent uh, improvement efficiency. in efficiency, efficiency, time efficiency, time, time improvement in in uh, running reports or something like that. Yes. Yes. Saving, okay. saving, you know, whatever, two hundred thousand dollars a year, because they don't have to hire an extra analyst to do this. I don't know. You know, if you can quantify that, that would be. I will. Would be cool. I will. Cool um, question. So, yeah. do I get rid of research analysis? That's going to be just one line under. I would put line? it. I'd do one line, and I'd put it under the pricing strategy. Just one line, the one bullet. That's all. Yeah, and so Correct. instead of okay. help develop launch extensive survey to better reach target audiences, da 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 da. You could and lead data collection analysis. Sounds like you're a, a monkey, a back office monkey. So I don't want that. I, I think it's cool. You could say, I would just say, instead of research and analysis, I would call it uh, mod, modeling analysis or model, uh, model construction. And you have built five viewership models for the NBA, NFL, and Major League Baseball College Football to, and outline strategic recommendations for final deliverable. But like, what was that? And what was the result of it? So the viewership models help help actually what project how many viewers are going to be. You project who who the viewers would be and where their basic profitable segments lie: old viewers, young viewers, and what they watch, what it, when they watch, and how they watch, what medium they use to watch. So you helped build these models using some sort of program yeah. that we don't. It know was about. a team of a team team of ten people. Yes. Okay. Um, I would shorten that to like but one. I, can, I would shorten it to one line, get more specific if you can. The five viewership models for for those um, is good. But yeah, we're one line for there, maybe two lines for the pricing strategy. Instead of calling it research and analysis, um, I would really have it be about building that model because it makes you sound more technical. Um, but like the data, the analysis, it's just vague. Data connection and analysis. Well, what specifically were you, what program were you using? What type of analysis specifically were you doing? Is it a, is it a projection, viewership projection model? What do you mean viewership model? Like, I don't know what the hell that means. Projection, projection model. Just say projection model. The, Projection's a good word I to would, have in a, fin- in, a mo- in a financial resume, <laughs> right? Because um, 
you know, uh, I, you know, outline strategic representation for fine deliverable. You don't even need that necessarily there. I'd have pricing strategy up front with the percentage increase of an efficiency, uh, modeling, uh, modeling analysis, and then, um, boom, boom, boom. Even better. Okay, so if you can yeah. do this in the structure, you'll see on the template I send you, it has like, um, it has selected and there's, there's something called selected engagements or selected transactions. So it makes it sound. So like you have the title of the, the company and the dates you work there below that, you have a couple like general bullets of like your overall role there, like research and analysis, financial modeling, da, 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 da. Then it has selected transaction experience for this. It's more like your, it sounds like you're more of almost like a consultant, right? At Altman. Yes. Yes. So you can't say transaction because there's no transaction happening here, but you could say selected engagement experience. You make it look like an investment banking resume, (laughs) selected engagement experience. And you have like, uh, you call it a, um, one of them could be educational, multinational educational conglomerate, whatever, you know, big educational organization. I don't know how big it was, you know, $500 million educational business. And then you're, it is it, it was a US US based one. It was a uh, NGO, but it, basically they were trying to. It's what they do. They track people who graduate high school, where they go uh, college, if they go to the vocational schools, and what their life uh, outcomes based on those education. How much money they make, and if they graduate college, how long does it take? Okay, to yeah, that college? that's great. That's all great, but we we don't have the room for that. So what I want is okay. like a, a short two or three word thing of like how do we. So NGO, educational NGO, so selected engagement experience underlined. Nice. And then below that, there's like two engagements. One is with the, uh, who, who were you collecting this stuff for the MBA? Though? Who, was, who, were, who was doing that? But this was for internal, for the company. So Why? the partners can go on because they wanted to sell. This is a project. They will sell project. And this is where they can go and knock down uh, the doors, MBA or MLB. This is uh, what we can help you. Okay, so that's a little harder. So you only worked on that one deal. Well, it was the summer only. You only worked with that NGO in the summer and then you did this internal research? Yes, yes, because it was 10 weeks. Okay, so you could say on the first one, you could call NGO, blah, 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 and do the thing with the study market optimizing pricing strategy. And then on the second one, selected engagements, you could call it uh, internal internal research, um, uh, building models, da 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 da, modeling, okay. uh, viewership models, da da da, projecting out to help with projections on, on uh, markets for the, um, you know, NBA, NFL, MLB. Okay, definitely. Okay. So let me. Prices, yeah, yeah prices comes prices strategy comes first, then the internal research uh, modeling. Yeah, I think and that's that, better. Okay, yeah, and I'd okay, have them okay. both under selected engagements, and. You know, the internal one isn't really an engagement, but we're trying to make it look as much like a modeling um, or selected projects, you could call it. Even I'll, I'll take a look once I see it in kind of revised form. Um, same thing. So Morgan Stanley, kind of summer financial analyst, investment banking division, um, financial analysis. You were doing PL for 10 convertible bond products, according to syndicate trading and operations, yeah, increased database efficiency by 5%. How? How did you increase the time? Time, time wise, I uh, reprogrammed their work. So it, it would I cut the basic the middleman. What do you mean reprogrammed? Two. What did you use to reprogram? Uh, so basically, it was uh, the tasks were uh, disseminated among four or five people, and everyone had to do a part. I just basically took all that task, automized them using How? Excel. 
how. Yeah. So it was just basically running macros instead of sending one by one. <laughs> okay, say that, dude. Say VBA <laughs> macros. Save 5%. Come on. <laughs> okay. That's like a huge All right. deal. Okay. Do you know macros? You know VBA? Okay. Yes. I mean, I'm not expert, but yeah. but it's, I, you, I, I you know did word. something with it with work that helped a little yeah. bit, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So instead of calling financial analysis, which is super vague and bullshit that you can say Excel VBA. Okay. Um, and yeah. say specifically what you did. Increase data vision by 5% by, um, you know, both. That should be the thing that goes in front. Um, data gathering and communications. They may ask you, how did you get to that 5%? You have to be in the interviews, I'm going to push you on the mock interviews to be ready to answer those questions. So specifically how you calculated the 5%. Not, Absolutely. oh, I asked a buddy of mine, an analyst, he said to put 5%. <laughs> okay, you're going to get eaten alive. You say that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You can say, I can see that people were working this many hours on it. Um, ac across four people, we were working approximately 10 hours each. So about 40 hours a week um, with the macros that dropped to 30 hours or 35 hours. There's five divided by that would actually be that would actually okay. be more like 15% or whatever that the math would come out to be, but that would be better than 5%. So we may actually be able to okay. bump it. Uh, but we have to have some numbers back there right. showing you have to be ready with that. Okay. Um, okay, data gathering communication yeah, assist, assisted in the production of the weekly management committee report and provide a weekly presentation on equity and debt deals valued. Uh, um, sorry, I'm looking at this. This contributed to a 10% in client management efficiency. It feels like you're forcing these efficiency 10%. I, I like the quantification and it's good, but it feels a little forced on this one. Like the main point of the bullet is that you're presenting. Oh, I see. Okay, get rid of that. The, yeah, the main point of this bullet for me is saying you're comfortable presenting in front of a, a management committee. Yes. You... Provided the weekly presentations? What does that mean, provided? Did you deliver the weekly presentations ever? Yes, I, I, I did. Yes, it was basically- to how many people? Uh, sometimes were 30 people, but it was across the timeline. It was uh, uh, Morgan Stanley, Japan, Morgan Stanley, South America, Morgan Stanley, Poland. Okay, so but around 30 people, you delivered a, a management committee report. You stood up and delivered it, a presentation, or you were just communicating to them? I was in front of a camera and they were watching. Okay. Uh, That's so good. Basically everybody was joined. I, yeah, yeah. So you could say assisted in the, um, so, so that should be first again. Um, you could say um, delivered, not provided, delivered weekly presentation to over to up to 30 VPs on equity and debt deals valued at 500,000 and above. Why are you saying valued at 500,000 and above? Why? why because that? most of those, most of those deals, that's what they were interested in. Anything less than we have to prepare to support. So what, what's, what was the range? 500K to what? 500, 500 to uh, 50 million. Okay, so just say that. Um, so what was the highest one you worked on? 50 million? 20. Okay, so say, say 500K to 20 million. So, so you could say uh, delivered weekly presentations on equity, equity and and debt deals, and you can put in parentheses, not valued at that. It's very wordy. You should put parentheses 500K to dash 20 million, close parentheses. Okay. So instead of and above, instead of to global audience of executives, just, just say 
third up to up to 30 vice presidents. So delivered weekly presentations um to on equity and debt deals value da, 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 um to um you know 10 to 20 30 VPs uh, VP. It was VP and MD all considered everyone was there a lot of VPs and MD. Okay, so you could say uh, uh to um 20 to 30 um VPs and MDs. Okay. And get rid of the contributed right. 10% increase in client management efficiency. I will. Okay. Cause that's <laughs> the macros thing's great. And I think that's that's easy to point to thing, point to the math of how it improved efficiency. Um there it's a little bit of a silly thing to add. Because project management co-managed to it. Okay, good. Um project management co-managed to intern projects in theory research. So again, I think under Morgan Stanley, um I think you should have like a selected internal projects. Okay. The problem with this is again, there's no transaction experience. Is at Iser, did you have any transaction experience where you worked on specific deals? No, I did not. I helped with them. Project coordination coordinated and helped to manage two client projects, completing the assigned research analysis of a benchmarking metric 17, 17 days ahead of schedule. I love how you quantify. I love how you quantify because, for the sake. No, it's good. It's good that you're quantifying, but like we have to ground it in, in, um, we have to benchmark it a little bit. So like 17 days ahead of schedule, like, I don't know what that means, you know, like. So I was I, told, um, I, I, I was told, for example, August 5th is the last day. It needs to be in August 5th. And if it was like a July 14 or 15 no, no, it's, or something It's like fine. That, we just I have, I think, I think we just need to, I, I love the fact that you're, if anything, you're over-quantifying. I love that. It's almost always the opposite. So I love the fact that you're going for it and you're quantifying because it, it does ground it. Um, so let's just stay on the Morgan Stanley. So co-managed two intern projects and completed research analysis of three joint venture documents. Seven days ahead of schedule resulting in vice president level approval on all deliverables. Co-managed two intern projects. What types of projects? So they were basically trying to, two things. One was an internal training and what kind of training is available for the newcomers freshman class. Yeah. And it was, again, a bunch of documents. It was dumped on everyone. So we basically, what they did was streamline that. We put in the step-by-step, -step, what you need to expect in three months, in six months, in nine months, in the jobs that we do. So mm. that was one of the projects. Second project was that in 2008, I think Goldman uh, or Mitsubishi bought some of the Goldman. So they were uh, sharing the profits based on those documents but there were tons of agreements all over the place. So what we did, again, we tried to figure out the way which documents are used most of the time, 80%, and based on what criteria. So that was the project uh, that I, I worked on. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just, we got we to gotta think about what we're I mean, it's, it's a little all over the place. And, you know, we're saying investment banking division here, but really you're kind of middle office, back office. It, it is, it is middle office, back office. I think I did mention that. I, no, no, yeah, I think that's fine. I think it's under the yeah. investment banking division. It's just, we want to, it's almost like I want to get to the stuff. I want to, I want to emphasize your education, your financial modeling. I want to de-emphasize all this research and management, and you're, you get enough leadership from the Navy, right? So like, we have that, we have a good GPA, we have a good school, what we don't have is any deal experience. So anything we can do, so I almost like wanna eliminate that whole bullet. Okay, then project management? Part? Yeah, right. 
Yeah, because want, I'm gonna need a room anyways for adding the current. So I definitely need to. Uh, yeah, I think lot. almost eliminating that because it makes you sound like you're trying to be. Your my worries, they see you're old, then you think, oh, project manager. What do they think you're gonna come in as an associate? No, you're you know you're coming in as an analyst. So yes. you want to downplay anything where you think you're a manager. You want to come in humble, 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 humble. So like I am ready to eat shit. Okay, yeah. <laughs> and like I know nothing, and I am just ready to work like a dog. And so if that's yeah. the, if that's the attitude, you know, we kind of want to shy away a little bit from like the, I am the leader, I'm managing all these people and I'm 30 plus years old and I'm looking for an analyst role. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, okay. Um, let's keep going. I think this is, we're making yeah. good progress. So yes. uh, eyes are capital. So um, let's see what we can do here. So this is, this is like a middle market investment bank from what I could tell. Yes. Yeah, my first, uh, internship outside of financial in the private sector. I've never had the professional job. This was unpaid internship and I'm happy that they offered this to me. Yeah, and no, that's great. So um, so a lot of your bullets and what I've seen throughout all of them is they are, they're vague on the specifics of, of the skills you use, the programs you used, yet they're oddly specific on like numbers, like you're throwing numbers in to quantify, but it's not specific enough on like, like, okay, prepared bi-weekly meetings and drafted 10 presentations on macroeconomic analysis. That's this big. Investment opportunities, risk assessments. It's like these big broad terms where I think you're getting it a lot, the space you're using there, I think you're getting it. And then, and then you say contributed 50% efficiency on the responsiveness of a client. Like you're saying, I did all these big broad things and it responded to this exact 15%. Da, da, da. So it just seems, it just seems a little odd. Like it's for, like you're forcing it. Um, I rather have like, um, rather than it being like market analysis, like these big skills, I rather be project-based. So I want to take your, I want to take your resume. So instead of, um, instead of skills-based work where you did all these kind of large things that led to like some sort of arbitrary specific percentage increase, what I'd like to see from you is project-based. So the bullets, the selected transaction experience, the selected engagements, whatever the hell we want to call, selected whatever, selected internal projects, selected engagements, selected uh, deal experience. Ideally we, ideally, we could say transaction experience, but we can't really say that unless you remember a deal that you worked on for presentations for specific clients. That's what we would want in here. Um, if we could get the word pitch book in there somehow. So instead of presentation, we say pitch book. Instead of, uh, for example, the MBA thing, you said that was so that it could go out and pitch. Yes. Potential clients. So maybe up in that initial bullet, we get the word pitch book in there. To aid in pitch book development, something like that. Just to, you really want to get all the buzzwords in here where people are like, like if they glance at it, they'll be like, oh, he worked in pitch books. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, and, or if they do a search. So that's good. Um, but really your, your whole thing is like market analysis, financial analysis, pres executive presentation. And that's all good. But I rather the, the brain of like the, the banker is going to be very much like what transactions did he work on? And this doesn't like what? I'm not going to read these. This is all text. Like I can't read. No one's going to read this. But if they see project-based thing and they see $500 million uh, NGO, blah, 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 and it shows specifically like worked on um, five models to da-da-da-da, worked on DCF analysis valuation, worked on da-da-da-da, market pricing to build this product, da-da-da. They see that, they'll be like, 
okay, it's kind of bullshit. They'll say, okay, it's kind of BS because they're not really transactions. It's just internal engagements. But he's smart enough to know to structure it in this way such that it looks like actual deal experience and you're selling yourself well. And that's what banking is all about. It's about selling yourself well. Um, and you're not overselling. So you're not forcing in uh, these weird efficiency metrics that you're making up that when I push you on in the interview, you're not going to fall over like somebody told me to do it. You're actually going to tell me, here's the math behind it. Okay? Yes. Yes. Cool. Okay, I will so, work on it. So yeah, so I think for all these, for, for Izar, advising your management on three key industry and company trends. For what industry? Uh, it, it was mostly um, a transportation. Mostly. And also worked in the food. So like under selected uh, engagements or selected projects, selected projects you could call it, instead of market analysis, you could have, um, you could have transportation market analysis. And guess your advice you around three key industry and company trends. What were those key industry and company trends for what company? Uh, healthcare, consumer patch goods, and infrastructure. I added at the third sentence there. So those are the key industry? Yes, those three. Oh, I thought you were saying three trends, key industry and company trends. So a little bit, a little bit is like your, the English is not being your native language. There's a little bit of like lost in translation where I thought you were saying this and it later in the bullet, you're describing the three different industries. I thought you were talking about three different industry, overall industry and company specific trends. Um, collected, translated and analyzed over hundred proprietary third party information sources. Again, very vague. I like okay. the quanti quantification of the number. But what do you mean by sources? News sources, data sources, like what? Data, data, data sources. So say data. data so say data sources, and say give a few examples. Actionable data sources, not just information. Who does what? Who's a market leader? How much market share they have, and what they're going after? But what where? What? What? Doing. Like like Bloomberg? What were you using? Like terminals? Were you using? Oh, paid services? Uh, and, and I used uh, Morningstar, mm -hmm. and again, the ISAR's own proprietary system. I, I don't know what's the TM something called. I don't remember the name, but it was basically the people that they were working with, the company they were advising, they would dump the uh, information there. And as an analyst, and I was intern, we just go in there and try to kind that's, of. Uh, but that's vague. It's vague, man. Your story, th th I think we're going to come up on this when we go to the behavioral interviews. Your stories have to get a lot better when you're talking about your experiences. You should have, and that's what we're going to restructure. Your whole resume, it starts with this, is restructuring your stories. So like you have like, along all these experiences, i rather you have only two bullets under each one. i rather them just okay. be project-based things that you know really well, where you can quantify legitimately and it just focuses on stuff that's going to be attractive to the banking. We don't have to, you, you shouldn't be, don't feel forced to include everything you did there. Two bullets under each and quantify and be as little. As technical as you can be. Okay. okay. Yeah, as technical as you can be, um, meaning do the stuff where it's like the most like modeling, the most like projections, the most like PL, the most where, and then have one in there about like the presentations you did to the VPs and MDs. That's good. Um, I think that's that's a nice one to have there. And then um, let's keep going on Izar. So that first bullet is just all over the place. Um, it's like you're just, 
I feel like you're just throwing, like, I'm, I'm confused. Like, I don't even know what the hell that, that means. I don't have no, I have no idea what you're saying. Okay. I'll work on it. So advise senior management. Okay. So you talk to senior manager on three key industry and company trends. I don't know what industries you're talking about here in the front. I know you tell me at the back, but I don't, I don't know what you mean. So informing 20 potential investors. What is informing? Like you're pitching to them? Yes. I mean, I, I was pitching my senior advisors and they were basically, hey, Victor, you worked on this. Uh, tell them about what you've seen, what are the trends, what we're looking at. It, I would I would. I'm pretty informing, but I guess my vocabulary. But, okay, so of... yeah, I think I think what we I think one of the issues with throughout the whole thing is a little bit of thesaurus problem, or where you're you're trying to sound more fluent um, than necessarily you are by adding in words that are a little bit more fancy than they need to be for certain situations. So, like, what's happening is is it's actually it's actually making your resume more wordy. So that's why you're getting a lot of bullets into these three lines. Um, it's less punchy. It's harder to read. There's less white space. So white space is critical. So not only do you need a little bit more space for your latest role at Goldman in the VIP, I want the VIP, uh, venture uh, veterans program in there and I want the role. And I, I think you should have that in one thing up at the top. Okay. I was told to put that under leadership activities, which is what I put there. Oh, okay. I see it there. Um, okay. Yeah. That's fine. Um, That's fine. I mean, we're gonna need a lot of room. That's the only reason I might squeeze it into into there and just have it as a bullet under Goldman. Okay. Um, and that might be the first bullet under Goldman because it oh, kind of emphasizes. It says it gets at the top that you're a veteran. I see. And so, any other veterans that see this that want to help out another veteran, guess what? They're gonna give it a good look. And then, if we just clean up the rest of it and make it sound a little bit less flowery and BSy and give it a little more tangible things, and then we work on your stories around behavioral interviews. I think it's going to be a lot more impactful and get you a lot more looks. Because right now, totally. Gotcha. I just want to. Make, yeah. I, Go ahead. I just want to recap this because I want to take notes. So you want the Goldman VIP first and the contracting second bullet. That's the first thing started. Okay, good. And then move on to the next one. Every single one of them, two bullets. Pricing first, research analysis. Make less bullshitty and less. I'm sorry. I'm not yeah. supposed to. No, yeah, no, no. You can curse. You can okay. say less bullshitty. That's fine. So okay. less, <laughs> less, less. Let's just uh, less, um, less trying to make it sound fancy. More just specifically what you did and what the result was, um, and oh, a little okay. bit more financey. Like if you can make it sound like projection, be more specific about the. I think the problem is you're trying to you're trying to describe what you did in a lot of ways. So you say like lead data collection and analysis. Um, let me give you another example. Um, assisted in the production of the weekly da, da 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 instead of just like delivered presentations and provided weekly presentations. So instead of just delivered weekly presentations on equity that deals value da 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 da, da to this many VPs and MDs, oh, I see. which is imp it's impressive. But guess what? They're never even going to read that because it's 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 I see. jumbled with lots of other words around it to make it sound more. It sounds more sophisticated, but what it ends up doing is just you lose the whole thing. People are going to start reading and get lost. So I don't mean to be a jerk. I'm just trying to. <laughs> no, 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 please and, do. do. No, no, please. Because this is so the honest. Uh, we're not going to, yeah. we're not going to get there in this next revision. I don't expect it to be perfect on this next revision. I expect it to be a mess on this next revision. And then I'm going to go in and actually I'm going to, what I might do is just record myself going in and changing words on the next one and actually just sit here with you and just finalize each, each, each word, each bullet as we go. 
Um, I just want to get it a little bit closer because I don't want to have to redo this whole this whole thing getting right, Android format. Um, so let's keep going because same thing with the eyes are. Um, let's go. Okay, let's go to the Navy. Okay, I took that notes. Senior voice graphic and multi source analyst. Um, and this is the hardest part because this is most of the stuff I did was classified. And yes. I have to run this by the Navy. So I just put as much as I can yeah, without yeah, yeah. further, you know, I sanitize it. That's why. Yeah, senior voice graphic. And so do we have to say slash graphic? I know. We can't what, is, what does that mean, it's, senior uh, voice and multi senior voice analyst? Is it like a linguist? It was we, a, yes, it, it was a, a program both used the voice and the graphic. So you have to understand uh, the language being spoken and also the decipher the graphic. What they, they just call you shifts. a senior linguist and multi-source. Yes. And yes. then get rid yes. of and yes. multi-source. Yeah, senior linguist analyst. Senior, senior linguist analyst, I would just call analyst, it like yes. that. Or language analyst, something like that. Even just something senior sim- language. Something easy uh, for a finance person to understand. What will you do? Oh, you specialize in languages. Like uh, yeah. voice graphic multi-source. Like uh, what, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so yeah. again, again, we're trying to make it more clear to the person who's not, um, who wasn't with you in these internships, who didn't know what you did so okay cool so you specialize in different languages um we may actually want to put up there something about the uh multilingual um but let me read this so team leadership led a team of four crypto uh cryptologic technicians exploring signals of interest to identify locate report on 10 worldwide threats resulting in the completion of the task one month ahead of schedule i don't know what task you're referring to what task yes Task was at X, uh, locating uh, interest, identify, locate, and report. Task was that uh, the, the threats, the US Navy, a national interest. That was a task. But you said 10 worldwide threats, and then you say the task. So was it one of the oh, 10? Oh, uh, no, all of the 10. So I would probably should have had tasks, probably at the S. Yeah. They were all completed one month ahead of schedule. Yes, yes, and I, I, I'm serious. It was we were given like a five month of uh, you know to kind of come up with oh, this. Okay, so they gave you these ten, and then you were yeah. able to basically identify them. So it really is a language thing here, because you know what this looks like. This looks like you said um, we did. I, I led this team of four people. We were given uh, a job to indicate these ten world authors, and then we found one one month ahead of schedule. <laughs> That's what it looks like. That's what it reads like. So let a team of four cryptographic issues explain a series of interest. I did have a report on 10 worldwide threats. So resulting in the successful completion of the task. Um, you leading the team didn't result in the successful completion of the task necessarily. Um, the result um, was that, what does that mean? You were able to identify, locate, and report? Uh, you are able to identify and locate these 10? So the, the, those tens that were given, we basically identify what they are, what their location, what their past activities, and what kind of threat they possess. All that information, all in How? the report, all ten. How using my language skills? Okay. Researching. So, um, so you were able to like you were translating during that. You were helping the other ones translate, directing the team. Translate. Yes. Okay. Um, Transcribe. Put in a reportable format. So I can't actually. So let know, a team of four instead of exploiting the signals of interest. So like again, we're getting flowery. It's it's a flowery. I call it a flower. What do we call it? 
the uh Bullshitty. Yeah, exploiting singles of interest what it does what it does to the reader is you lose them earlier and like you don't need to do that because you have a really impressive background you don't have to make it sound more impressive than it is it's impressive you don't have to so let a team of four cryptologic technicians to identify locate and report on 10 worldwide threats um successfully completed Patrick, all- one what yeah one thing, please. I, I don't want to throw anybody under bus, but I went over this like a, with 10 different people in the military and 10, 15 people with that Georgetown. And I did this based on what they recommended. Yeah. So I would say this. Oh, no, this, this is not horrible. This is, this is not but, horrible. This is not horrible. I'm just seeing a pattern yeah. through your bullets Yeah. Um, that like it's really impress- impressive what you did. Um, I think somebody may push you in the interview and say, well, how did you actually do that? I and see. You, and if you start talking, do you talk like that? You say, well, I was exploiting signals of interest. Yeah, doesn't sound. No, you, you would say I was doing, I was using my language skills to do research um, on a, a, a bunch of different data sources, including stuff that's classified that I can't tell. Um, but we have data sources and different signals that come in through these, um, these systems and in different languages. And so I, it was my job to split up the team and to, to uh, divvy up the, the projects and the work from different sources. I had to review the work, make sure that the translation was accurate on um, in this language, that language, that one. That's what I want you to be like. I see. But like um, for this, it's really more about um, just getting it across what you did. So let a team of four conditions to identify, locate, and report. So just get rid of exploiting signals of interest. Um, instead of resulting in the successful completion of the task one month ahead of schedule, you could say, just tell neural threats, period, um, successfully completed. Um, I wouldn't call it a mission, right? It's not a mission. Uh, project. Was yeah, a project. Project. Uh, and saying instead of saying one month ahead of schedule, um, say the project one. Uh, to say ahead of schedule or something like that. Um, performance management defined plan led for successful projects. Uh, I'm sorry, you said that successfully completed the project just one month ahead of the schedule. Or I would just say a successfully completed project ahead of schedule. You could say something okay. like that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, and that um, was me trying to quantify it. That's why. No, no, and that's good. That's good. I, I, it's just the one month. It's just a little vague. It's like, okay, all 10 were completed one month ahead of schedule. I guess if it was a package of 10, you could say that. Um, it was a package of 10. It was a package of 10. Okay. So, yes, yeah, I mean, was. we could, I might add that back. I might, once oh, I, see. I see it, I may be like, hey, let's put the, the timing back. But for now, I, I rather almost have more white space. Uh, performance management defined plan led for successful projects focusing on intelligence information gathering managed for direct reports partner with cross-functional teams resulting in a 20 percent efficiency gain <laughs> i see that's coming already 20 percent increase <laughs> no yeah i mean it's just not um i almost want that out okay um, i will get that out yeah achievement i like coordinator work for officers short load You can get rid of a shore and a float. Just uh, say, shore and a float. Okay. Yeah, get, it's a supported Navy cryptographic warfare officers by collecting, deciphering, and translating 300 enemy communication in languages. How many foreign languages? Four. So say and four foreign languages. Generated. Was, so generated. It was Russian. Okay. Um, generated 15% more intel than peers. What does that mean? How do, uh, how do you quantify that? So, like, let's say everyone come like a five pages or six pages of intel what they have. So I had close to forty pages. 
and I put the 15% as very conservative, it's probably like a 10 times more. Well, I would be, wouldn't be so conservative then. Okay. Because I, then it, yeah. it almost looks like bullshit if it's a 15%, but if you're like, I had triple the number of pages or double the yes, number of pages, yeah. so you could say generated over 50% more yeah, Intel. Mostly. Um, I wouldn't be shy about that if that's the truth. Uh, problem solving, develop standard operating procedures. I mean, they're going to be like, well, what if you just write a lot of words? What if you're just wordy? And so you're, they get the same message across in two pages, what takes you seven pages. I and mean, that's what someone might be a jerk to say that. But develop standard operating procedures for entry and advanced level language and analysis training program for 20 sailors. Resilient at 30%. So if you want... If you want, I can actually go back. I know we are running out of time, but what I mean by that, for example, 15% more Intel, it was just, for example, if they give like a little background, just one background, I would go actually look at the historical perspective, what they're planning. So that's what I mean by like, it was all fit in trying to give them as big of a picture as possible. Yeah, so it's not really more Intel, it's just more thorough reports. Calling okay. it Intel might be a little bit disingenuous because it's almost like you were you were providing nice. more more in, you're providing more insights and more intelligence in the sense of that you're giving a more complete picture um more but I, don't insight. Know if, I would use that word do I what use i use word insight more insight I'm yeah more, but saying 15 percent more insight just sounds weird like how do you measure that like <laughs> how do you know that that was 15 percent more insightful it's a very it's a very subjective thing for the percentage increases we want to have something where we can be like that's how I calculated this, you know, I see. and be like, so my, four pages. my reports were 10 pages and his were only three. I don't know if it's the right um, I see. thing to hang my hat on. Um, you're already quantifying by talking about over translating over 300 plus enemy communications. I think that's good. I think you can get rid of the generate 15%. Okay. I think it looks like forced quantification again. Um, and the same thing with this problem solving, develop standard operating procedures for entry and advanced level language analysis training program for 20 sailors. Um, resulting in a 30% improvement in workflow flexibility and 100% mission continuity. Um, what's workflow flexibility? Workflow flexibility, again, this is, I think, a bullshit language, but basically there's a streamline in the process. Like instead of uh, working through like six, seven different team, two people in charge, and they basically know when to send information, whom to send it, when to report it. And I use the 30% improvement again. It's more of a, arbitrary but very conservative but like they used to spend let's say close to a day or two and that whole process came down to four four hours and so i think we should say that i don't think we should call it a workflow flexibility thing it sounds more like a time efficiency game okay so i would say um develop standard operating procedures for entry and for 20 sailors resulting in so it was a program for 20 sailors but then was the program used across larger I was told, I was told after that, that they used a program because what was happening was I was waiting for my clearance to come through mm -hmm. and I didn't have anything to do since I knew the language as well. I should train the people to make sure that when they take, qualify them to do the job. So they're far better at their job than they are because sitting there, you're not doing anything. Yeah. I almost want that bullet gone problem solving okay and i want well, achievement second so i want leadership first under second. navy i want achievement second um and i want performance management third and i i don't i may change the names of these i don't necessarily want to call them leadership performance but like let's change that order and get rid of the problem solving one 
because um, okay. we're going to need the space. Okay. 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 So yeah, um, we're coming up on time. Yeah. Um, it's a long first session, and I know it's a lot. We kind of went really deep into your resume. We gave a lot of your story. Um, we can we can call it now. Um, but I what I'd like to see from you is you know by Monday if possible, next week, a new revised resume with kind of what we oh, talked about? I'll send it a lot earlier than that. I was going to say if I can send it like Saturday, Sunday. Yeah, that's, possible. that's fine. I won't be able to get to it Saturday, Sunday, but I can start taking a look on Monday. Monday yeah. And then um, definitely don't not, you know, definitely bother me, especially today, tomorrow, if I haven't sent you the stuff, like the, the template and stuff like that. Um, again, we need to get it to one page. We need less flowery language. We need more direct bullets. Um, we need shorter bullets. We need more in the format of an actual investment banking resume of transactional or selected transaction experience, selected engagement, selected something, selected projects, something to make it look more like the traditional. Um, let me see if I can find one. And you're, you're looking at my screen, right? Yes, I am. Let me let me try to show you what I mean. So experience. Let me see. see if I can find I don't think uh here's an undergrad resume template this is not this is more for undergrads coming out um you get an idea of the spacing the bigger the bigger name um at the top two to three bullets it's very clean um this isn't what I wanted to show you because there is a Patrick, I don't mean to be rude, but I have hard. Yeah, you you got to go too. Yeah, so no, you're not being you're not being I'm rude. So sorry. No, yeah. No. So let's let's uh just coordinate. Let's do another one in like three weeks or so because I think there's still a lot to go through. I want to talk about your LinkedIn and all that. Okay. 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 Well, I will definitely reach out and ping you. Thank you so much. Thank I you, man. That. Yeah, yeah. Good stuff. Talk soon. Thank you. Appreciate okay. it. Bye. And thanks to you, my listeners at Wall Street Oasis. If you have any suggestions whatsoever, please don't hesitate to send them my way, patrick at wallstreetoasis.com. Until next time.